This is Stacy's story. Welcome back to the Six Feet Above podcast. It has been a hot minute. We are launching season four with someone who is an absolute complete stranger, but she walked <laughs> in my door as if we've known each other forever. Did you not feel that way? Yes. Um, welcome, Stacy. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you pronounce your last name because I've just tried it <laughs> ten times and I'm still effing it up. So, Stacy Moldovan. Moldovan. There we go. Um, Stacy is actually somebody that found me on Instagram through local fitness people, right? Yes. And then kind of started listening to my podcast and my story. And Obsessed oh. with it. <laughs> um, this is, okay, I'm going to tell you how crazy the universe works. So I've been on hiatus for months. <laughs> to create and produce and edit, get a podcast out there. Granted, I have an editor that helps me, but like it's a lot of energy. It's a lot yeah. of time. and. Um, trusting that people are going to, you know, come over and be in your space and interview because I haven't figured out how to do the Zoom interviews yet. That's down the road. <laughs> so for the past few months, I'm like, is is this where I need to be? Like, is this like God, universe? Those are the two people, things I pray to. Right. <laughs> and Amen. I'm like, is this where I need to be? Like, is this how I need to help the world? Like, do I need to keep this show going? Yes. And I should you not. <laughs> Two nights ago, I get this DM from Stacy, and and we had gone back and forth because she said I I have this story, and I would love for you to read this article um, that was written about my story. And I'm like, wow, that's insane. I would love to interview. And this was probably like a year ago. Oh yeah, this was a long time ago. So long story short, just kind of been thinking about what to do over the past few weeks. I've had opportunities to speak on my team call through my business, and really think I kind of have a good place with helping motivate people and and telling my story and telling other people's stories. So I'm like, okay, do I need to get the podcast going? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this my purpose? Like, if so, could I get a little sign from up above? Right. Shit you not. (laughs) Stacy DM me Tuesday. Yes. Because the Braves are in the World Series. Yay. And this may not be released until January. I haven't decided yet. So if you're listening in January, this is game three. We're recording game three, October 29th. Hopefully they win. And hopefully they win. But Stacy is in town for the Braves game. And she's like, hey, I'm going to be in town. Do you want to meet? And I was like, okay, God. Got your Got sign. It. Got my sign. Yes. So here we are. I'm so glad. And like, I'm so incredibly grateful that you reached out, A, I'm so honored that you listen and that it's made a difference and you've shared it with your friends that have also, you know, helped them. Yes. But also that literally it's 1.15 on a Friday afternoon and you're stopping over here before you go to the game. <laughs> I I can't tell you how excited I am to be here. Like yeah. I've been following you for so long. It feels like, and I just think your story in and of itself has helped so many people, but um, it's just, I'm honored to be here. Well, thank you. We appreciate your time. And you said this is the first time you've really told your story out loud other than the article where you were basically just interviewed, right? Yeah. Um, not like in person on an actual no podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but you've, you're no stranger to the mic. No. So no. what's your, you, you were a DJ growing up, like what, in your twenties or what? Yes. 19, but born and raised here in Atlanta. Okay. Grew up in Kennesaw and then, um, Went to college and didn't love it. I was always a theater girl Uh and um, was supposed to go to New York, 
to a theatrical school. My parents would not let me go. Mm, why? Well, I, you're going to go and die. <laughs> oh, in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. and my dad's from there. Aww. So it's like really weird that he, I don't know. Well, he probably saw yes. and was just trying to protect you, I guess. I guess. But he had like New York in the 50s and 60s. It's <laughs> right. a lot different. A different. But so I wound up at this small school, University of West Georgia. And uh, two semesters in, I was miserable and Atlanta launched a radio station called 95.5 The Beat, okay. which was like at the time, like NSYNC and Britney Spears yeah. and like all that music. Uh-huh. And I just called the night show DJ and I was like, I want a job. What do I do? And he hung up on me. <laughs> and I called back every night until he took my call. And he hired me as his intern. And it started from there. And probably I went in promotions for a yeah. while. Yeah. And then I got my own show. Um, I was doing middays for a while, then afternoon drive, and then I did mornings. Okay. And then I went over to Star 94. Yeah. So I was at Star with Cindy and Ray okay. uh, for two years and then left radio altogether. Did you ever finish college? No. Okay. Nope. Good for you. Yeah. That's I'm like, just I went four years to college, very expensive school, and look I'm literally teaching fitness and recording a podcast. Right. <laughs> I know it's, I mean, I want my kids to go to college, but sure, I also want sure. them to do what they want to do. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you left the radio world. How old are you now? I'm 41. And where are you living now? Um, I'm in Sarasota, Florida. Okay. We love it Much there. Much better weather there than here. No, my gosh. It's beautiful. I mean, it's hot. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. My hair is like Monica from <laughs> ah, Friends, Friends yeah. like huge, yeah. but it's fine. Yeah. We love it. Awesome. And how did you meet your husband? We actually went to high school together. Really? Yes. He was a year older than me and we never spoke. He was like the jock and the cool guy. Uh um, We wound up meeting up probably in 2002. He came to the radio station after he graduated from Georgia applying for a sales job. And I saw him walk past. I was on air and I was like, Oh my gosh, she's gorgeous still. No way. And oh, you knew, like you recognized him? I recognized him right away. And my boss came running in because I was single. And she's like, I just interviewed the cutest guy. And he said he knows you. And I'm like, he doesn't know me. He wants a job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wound up stealing his resume. Oh, you did not. Does he know this? Yes. Oh my God. So I called him and we talked for like an hour and I asked him out. No. Shit. So we've been together since 2002, got married in 06. Oh my God. I know. So strange and random. But it's funny because all of my best girlfriends who still mostly live here in Atlanta, right. they were all friends with him in high school. Really? So they're all like, this is so weird that y'all ended up together. That is so random. Yes. But it's also like all in like God's timing. A hundred percent. It's like if you had met, if you had gone out in high school, you probably wouldn't have ended up together. No. Right? No. <laughs> Never. That's crazy. It so is. you lived in Atlanta for how long after y'all got married? We left. So we got married in 06 and we lived on the west side of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and we were there till 2012. Okay. And then we went to Charlotte. And in that time, you were not working in radio anymore. So what were you doing? So um, right before we got married, I got into fitness. I'd never worked out before. Wait, and so I forgot to ask, did he get the job? He was offered the job, but he went in TV instead. So okay. we wound up working for NBC. Okay. okay. I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> I know. got the end of the story. <laughs> so no, we we did not work together. But he did wind up coming over 
to WSB for a while, and I was in the same building our radio stations were. Okay. So we worked in the same building for a while. Got but it. Got it. I got super into fitness, and there was this outdoor boot camp here called BTB. And uh, we were at Piedmont Park, yeah. and the owners, Jeff and Melissa, we all got really, really close. Uh-huh. And they... Our boot campers were getting faster than us because you're teaching, not right, doing as right, much. Of course. Yes, I'm and feeling that right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we were like, okay, we got to find something. And we went to CrossFit Atlanta. Uh-huh. And it was the only CrossFit in Georgia um, at the time. So this was 05. Is that like the 404 one? Is that the original? No, they're still CrossFit Atlanta. Are they? 404 okay. came after. After. Okay. Okay. And so we started CrossFitting in 2005 when no one knew what it was. Right. And it was amazing. So they opened up their own. And uh, sadly, Jeff um, developed cancer Mm. and uh, got really, really sick. And Melissa was drowning. So I left my career to help her run the gym. Wow. Best decision I ever made. Really? Yeah. Because radio, uh, don't get me wrong, it was fun. It was exhilarating Mm. and a really cool job meeting celebrities and things like that. But it was very self-serving. Yeah. And it was very... um, all about me and the attention I could get on me. Sure. Um, and leaving to help Jeff, who spent his whole life helping others, right. just felt like the right thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was glad I I was really glad I left and did it. Huh. So was that like a full-time fitness position? Yep. So they had two locations mm-hmm. and I was the general manager. So I worked full-time and helped them run and I was the head trainer. So I did okay. train all the trainers and wow. Yeah. Cool. So it was fun. It How was, long did you do that for? Um, so yeah, I did it for like four and a half years okay. before we wound up moving to, I got pregnant Okay, and, um, that became increasingly harder. Being pregnant, working in fitness. It, <laughs> well, and just getting up <laughs> at think? four in the right, morning right, exactly. and then not being done till nine at yeah, night. And yeah. it was a lot. And then it was, Matt was in the place where you wanted to move up. Mm. So I knew we were going to move. Jeff was getting sicker mm-hmm. and Melissa needed more. Yeah. So I stepped aside. So, and they wound up selling. Got it. So. Got it. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Random. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a random story. So then what happened in 2012 when you decided to move? So Matt got a job as a local sales manager for the ABC station in Charlotte. Okay. I had never left Atlanta, so um, I wanted a new adventure, a new start. Um, Andrew, our son, was 18 months old, and we were like, screw it. This seems fun. Right. So um, we left, and it took about a year to adjust, Um, but then I made what I thought was a great group of friends um, Mm -hmm. at the time, and some of them today are still my closest friends, but... Um, our world kind of fell apart a year after we got there. So, mm. and you moved to Charlotte. And, yep. And okay, so Andrew is eighteen months. He but was. It was a year after that that mm-hmm. everything kind of fell apart. That started to yeah. He was um, so a year and a half really because okay. he was turning three. Okay. And healthy, happy, super active, crazy, fun kid, and mm-hmm. all this. Like sudden- no problems in your pregnancy delivery. <laughs> postpartum? Nope. Um, I mean, I had a difficult delivery, but nothing that would have affected him. Okay. It affected me. Okay. But it wasn't, you know, it was normal, quote unquote. Sure. Um, So what did you first notice that you're like, that's different? Something's off. Yeah. He, um, 
all of a sudden started making really weird grunting noises. Mm -hmm. And at first you think it's, I mean, boys are weird. Like, <laughs> like that's just a tick. A I weird mean, tick. Weird, yeah, you're weird just boy weird. Thing. Yeah. Um, but then I noticed they were patterned and they were starting to come in like threes. And um, I noticed like he would look at us after he did it almost to be like, is this okay? Really? And so everything you read about it is like, oh, kids develop ticks because their brain um, moves too fast. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a glitch. And it's normal. They go away. Okay. But his kept multiplying. They kept changing. Was um, he speaking by three? Like yeah. His, his vocabulary was okay? Like he normal? He was not delayed in anything. Okay. Nothing at all. Um, he was in preschool. He was doing great. Even his teachers were like, yeah, we noticed that. It's, mm. it's a little strange. So we took him to the pediatrician. They were like, it's normal. Don't worry about it. Unless mm. it becomes physical because they don't worry about tics right. unless they're physical and vocal. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Like a month later, he started um, twitching his head to the side while he made the noise. Mm. And then it was his hands were flinging and like it just kept getting bigger and bigger. So are, we were you like Googling stuff at this point? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Like worst decision ever, but ever. we all do it, right? Right. Yeah. You know you're going down a rabbit hole and yeah. you keep going. Can't stop. So we um went to a neurologist and within five seconds he was like, Oh yeah, your kid has Tourette's. Mm. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you haven't even touched him. Right. What do you mean? Um, and I've quickly learned that neurology for children is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's not epileptic seizure, like something they can overtly see. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? He was like, I don't know. He's three. His brain shouldn't even be developed enough to do this. So we don't know how to help him. <gasps> so that like started the shit show mm -hmm. of my life, uh, with him and everything. So he, we went to Cincinnati Children's Hospital. We went to Boston. We went to New York. We went every, and nobody would help us. They're like, we don't know how to help a three-year-old. You can't put them in cognitive therapy. There's nothing we can do. So we kind of felt hopeless. Mm -hmm. And like Andrew got so bad, he was losing his voice. His, you know, it, luckily he was three. So his friends were like. Like literally, like it felt like he was like, like raspy losing yeah. his voice or you mean like shut down talking? No, like raspy okay. losing his voice. Like because if we were to get sick or party too much. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or, or teach too many fitness classes. Yes. Right. Um, so, cause his grunts were like, <clears throat> and so it was like growling. Wow. And it was strange. Um, so. About a month after we got back from our last doctor's trip, everything went away. Really? Completely went away. And we were like, what just, what do you, like, have you noticed he hasn't like had a tick and like, a, and my husband and I were like, oh, so um, a year goes by and nothing. Um, we have our second child, Brooks. And one morning we were at a girlfriend's house. And I remember, cause it was around Christmas time, we were baking cookies while the moms drink wine <laughs> and on a Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock, right? right? Yeah. Maybe 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, Andrew's gone to the bathroom a lot. Like every two seconds, he was like, I have to go pee. I have to go pee. And we were like, what is going on? And one of my girlfriends was like, that could be a sign of diabetes. Like you may want to just take him to the doctor. Oh, and I'm like, okay, right. Here calling we go. the doctor yeah. right away. Yeah. So my husband took him. 
And he was like, no, it's fine. He His test was negative. He's doing fine. But he hasn't had a flu shot. And I'm not a proponent for the flu shot, mm. personally. Mm-hmm. My husband is. Okay. So my husband's like, oh, yeah, just give it to him. That's fine. Like right there, right then. Right there, right then. And he's like four, four and four a half, and at, a this half point. at this point. Okay. this time. And so we go back. He, they come back to the house. We have dinner. We put him to bed. Good night, buddy. I love you. And the next day, our world was done. He woke up and he came down the stairs and he was like, mom, 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 I touched my head. I touched my head. I touched my head. Is it okay that I touched my head? Are you mad that I touched my head? And that was the sentence that, mom, I touched my shirt. Mom, I touched my shirt. I touched my shirt. Is it okay that I touched my shirt? Are you mad that I touched my shirt? It was everything. And we were like, what is going on? And he would get frustrated really quick and look at me and be like, mommy, die. Andrew hate mommy. I, you die. And he would like look around the house for things to hit me with. And we were like, what is happening? Right. And so we thought he was being disobedient. So we sent him to his room and, oh God, so many things I look back on and I'm like, oh, don't like, I talk to a lot of moms now and I'm like, don't punish them. Right. Um, we would be outside playing with friends and he'd be like screaming across the playground, like, mom, mom, I touched my jacket again. Is it okay that I touched my jacket? And everything came in threes. Really? He stopped eating. He would only eat goldfish or noodles. Anything else, he was going to die. Like he thought he was going to die? Yes. And so like he would- How did they even know about death at this point? I don't know. I don't know. That's insane. Insane. And like we would, I would try and feed him something different. He'd fling the plate across the room. He would scream and yell. Like we had to constantly make sure he wasn't near Brooks. And Andrew's like my little love bug. Like he's not like that at all. And was he only, was he saying like mommy die only towards you or was he like that with other kids? Only me. Only towards you. Nope. So what we started to notice was he could hold it in. Uh-huh. So he would go to school and his tics would be bad. And he'd sit there and he'd like pat his leg mm. in a pattern. And then they put him in my car and he would be like, die, 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 mommy, 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 head, 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 head. And for an hour, it was, and it was so fast, but it's like he held it in for so long. He was torturing himself, What? but he was so afraid that he was going to be made fun of. And it got to a point where he couldn't hold it anymore. And things were coming out of his mouth that don't need to come out of his mouth mm-hmm. <laughs> at a preschool. Right. So we had to pull him from school. Uh, and th- I mean, the hardest was like, you don't recognize your kid. Right. Um, his eyes were black. He has really, really blue, bright eyes. And they turned black. And it was strange. It was, there was nothing, you know, he would sit in a corner and just beat his head against a wall. Mm-hmm. Like he broke doors. It was it was like a monster took over our kid and we didn't know what happened. And then he stopped sleeping. So he would go to bed after like four hours right. of trying to put him to bed and right. he would sleep for an hour and it was like 12. Oh my God. 12 hours for him. Like, but for us, it was one and he would sit in bed with us and do math. He would just sit there going one plus one is two, two minus one is one. One plus one is two, like two minus one is one. That kept his mind occupied or something? It, it was just constant thoughts in his head that he could not escape. And so we wound up 
and this it was December 27th or 8th, mm-hmm. like right around Christmas. We were coming to Atlanta to be with my family. And um, we wound up calling a random psychologist in Charlotte that I had like found on Google. Yeah. And left him a message. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm exhausted. My kid's mm-hmm. crazy. I have a newborn. I don't know what's happening. And he wound up calling me back. Like, talk about those God moments right, of, like, right. picking that one psychologist. Right, right, Like, you're pulled to this and you actually do it and it actually turns out to be right. right. So, I'm sorry, you called the psychologist in Charlotte or in Atlanta? In Charlotte. Oh, in Charlotte. Okay. And um, he called me back. I had to lock myself in a closet because Andrew had to see me mm. in order to calm down. And so, I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't do anything. Right. Um, right. So, I was in there in a closet locked with Andrew banging on the door trying to get in. And he was like, go get your son's medical records. And I was like, I don't need to. I have them memorized. Right. right. <laughs> he was like, like has he ever had strep? Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's had it a few times. He was like, got it. He goes, when did his tick start? What happened around that? And I said, oh, the month before he had strep. Mm. And he was like, ah. He goes, he has strep right now. And I was like, no, he doesn't. He's not physically sick at right. all. No fever. His throat was fine. Every No physical symptoms. And he was like, just like rheumatic fever is strep of the heart, your son has strep of the brain. What? He was like, the blood-brain barrier opened yeah. and these infected cells got in his brain and it's causing the OCD, the anger, all of it. It's his brain is malfunctioning because it is full of strep. And I was like, no way. He's like, go take him for a strep test. So the next morning, like 29th of December. Right. And the doctor's like, I'm not giving him a strep test. He's not sick. And so we had to pay it out of pocket. Right. To be uh, like, I'm like, you're going to do what I tell you to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, give like, him. What's the worst that's right. going to happen? It's going to be negative. So what? Like, so it came back negative and I was like, oh, thank God. And then on New Year's Eve, they called us and they were like, he's strep positive. <gasps> and I was like, wait, why did they test it again? So whenever they do strep tests on kids. Oh, the quick one and then the longer The culture. One. They send oh. it away for cultures and let it grow. <sighs> and sure enough. And so they were like, we need him to come back in. We need to take some blood tests because we have no idea what's going on. So they did. And like everyone has strep cells in their body. Right. And it's supposed to be 150 or less. And Andrew was at 985. Oh, my gosh. With no physical symptoms. So he was diagnosed with pandas. Okay. So it's basically like strep of the brain. Um, What does it stand? Do you know what it stands for? Yes. And I'm going to screw it up. No, that's okay. Because I actually meant to write this down and I I know. I I failed. So it's like (laughs) pediatric autoimmune neurological disorder. Yes. Uh, from acute strep. syndrome, something syndrome. No, streptococcal is in there too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so P A N D A S. This is bad. This is how like. Well, it's okay. Who re- who actually remembers the? Acronym, I know, right? Like, the full acronym name. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to like look it up, and I can't even it's find okay. it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't um, worry about it. We'll but put it in the notes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that started. Uh, so when they said that to you, like, did they explain what that meant? Or did you actually kind of understand it? Because that other doctor was like, I think this is what he has. I think we understood that we were 
in over our heads. Mm-hmm. Um, we, my son had a disorder that nobody knew what it was. Um, and they had no clue how to help us. Like how many kids does this affect? Does it only affect children? So yeah, pandas attacks kids before puberty. Okay. Um, and pretty much you, you got to get your kid better by puberty. Wow. Um, so there's uh, a randomly another God moment. Okay. I had a friend who had a friend with a daughter with pandas. Okay. And uh, so she got me in touch with JC and uh, she and I became <laughs> lifelong friends. Right. Going, um, she just mentored me because she was a year ahead. And at that point, there was maybe 20 kids in the entire country that who had, had been it. diagnosed. But the crazy part is there are so many, many kids out there who one day wake up and all of a sudden they're schizophrenic. All of a sudden they're mentally ill mm-hmm. and no one ever physically tests them. They right. just automatically assume, oh, they're bipolar. Oh, right. they're this. And they don't do the background work. Yeah. Because if you catch pandas early, it's antibiotics and you oh. can help your kid fast. But Andrew got it at three, right. was misdiagnosed with Tourette's. Right. So by the time they found out what it was, he was five. And um, we wound up going to D.C. to see, like, the world-renowned specialist um, just to find out that insurance companies don't believe in pandas. So they cover nothing. No blood tests. Nothing. So So your kid gets diagnosed. You have insurance, and they're like, they throw out all the claims? All of them. What? So, right? (laughs) So we went up to D.C. and met with a specialist, and she's like, Oh yeah, your kid's bad. <laughs> and we were like, we know, help him. You're like, thanks. That's um, what we want to hear. Did right. You ever, quick question. Did you ever go back to the psychologist in Charlotte and be like, you were right? I called him um bawling. Like, did he give you any guidance? Or? No. He was like, you've got to get him physic, you've got to get him medication. Okay. He needs an antibiotic. I just called him and I was like, You saved our lives. Right. Like, you literally saved our lives. Um so yeah, we went up to DC and uh, first thing was we have to get his tonsils out. We have to remove the easiest way for strep to get sure, in his body. Sure. So we did that. Um, and then they wanted to do something called IVIG, which okay. is basically they take healthy people's stem cells and put it in your kid. And they're basically rejuvenated cells that go into your kid and go, Oh, you're pretending to be healthy, but you're not. You're a strep cell. Okay. And it attacks him. Because hmm. Andrew's body was so confused. He had these healthy cells that were being swallowed up by strep cells. Mm-hmm. And they looked the same. So, so his body couldn't differentiate? It had no idea. So you had to basically infuse his body with somebody else's cells. Oh. So we did that. And that was like $9,000. Is that a stupid question? Is that just like through an IV? Yeah. Okay. It's, so it's like um, eight hours for two days. <gasps> and he um, just sits there the whole time? Sits there the whole time. Is he, is he having those kind of outbursts while this is happening? Oh, yeah. The whole time. Like getting the needle in his arm. I mean, my kid was so OCD that like that's not part of his day. Oh. You know, like he wakes up every day, even still. Right. Um, and we do the same thing in the same order, mm. in the same way. And if you throw it off, he can't function. He Gosh. needs it to be that way. Right. So, but at that time, yeah, we had to have four nurses hold him down. 
And the, I mean, it's awful. He's, yeah. you know, at five, five, literally, that'd be awful for an adult that kind of could understand. Right. Do you, do, do they know if they know that something is happening or is that just like they're normal? Like, I guess I, I feel like if that were to happen to an adult that's lived a certain way their whole life and then all of a sudden it happens, yeah, you kind of know what's happening. Andrew does not remember it at all. No. Now that he's healthy. Um, but even during, no. So you're going through eight hours of these treatments for two days and basically pumping them with healthy stem cells that yeah. are going to attack the non-healthy cells. And then what happens after that? We just went home. A lot of people have, a lot of the kids who had had it, like have reactions, they throw up or whatever. Andrew didn't have really any. Um, and probably a month later, he was 100% back to normal. Really? And we were like, oh my gosh, this worked. Mm. That wasn't so bad. Like this would right. have been awful, but oh my gosh. Right. And then three weeks later, bam, oh. he was sick again. And so it's almost, like whatever the infected cells were went into hiding. Got it. Uh, um, so he just, we lived every day with hiding the knives, hiding anything in the house that he could hurt himself with. Mm. Um, he, the cre- he would have never hurt his brother. Right. Um, he would hurt me, but, um, mostly cause I was safe. Mm. Um, you know, Matt was working, I'd have to call him and be like, I need you home. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do it anymore. And you live every day afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would be up all night with him. And it just continued that way. And so we did IVIG three times. Jeez. Um, and the second and third time we had no, no results. So they wanted to do like a steroid burst. So we did steroids and that made him worse. Um, and then they wanted to do plasmapheresis, which, I mean, basically they drain out all their blood, rejuvenate it, and oh put it back God. in. And I was like, no. So the hard part was we were at such the beginning stage of pandas yeah. and pans that they didn't know what they were doing. Right. And so our kid was a guinea pig. Ugh. And in Charlotte, what was crazy was what started out as Andrew and my friend's daughter, Greta, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like, 20 kids, 30 kids, 40 kids, 50 kids. And all throughout North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and Georgia, and Florida, Pandas was insane. It was blowing up. And we were like, what is in the air? What right, is in the water? Right, right. What is happening to our kids? Um, so yeah, it it was, we went to six different states, um, doctor after doctor, just trying to save our kid. Jeez. And he was really good at hiding. He learned what was weird Mm. and he learned what people thought was weird. So he would hide that from people. And it would come out when he got home. Yeah. Yeah. Or when he was safe, like Mm. with friends who wouldn't make fun of him. I mean, we've had teachers that have made fun of him that have mocked his tics. Oh yeah. Who, what? I know. Does that? I know. So it's been, it's a hard journey. Like being a kid, right? Hard enough. Hard enough, yeah. Um, yeah. but his ticks are bad yeah. and they still are. They still, you know, I don't necessarily think the Tourette's diagnosis was fully incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the strep was there and it just caused everything it's to explode. It. Yeah. 
So where is he at today? So we moved (laughs) randomly. We just got tired of the city and we got tired of Of Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. And just feeling judged, you know, like, because it's a pretty small, I mean, it is city, but I feel like that's with Atlanta too. Like it's a huge city, but it's also very small. It's also very small. Um, Like we know 50 mm -hmm. people that are, you know, in the same industry and I know never never met. Right. So he, um, Matt was really unhappy with his job. Okay. And when Matt and I are super social and we have a ton of friends and we love to go out, but we couldn't be those people anymore, Mm. you know? And when we did go out, conversations got really hard because when you're with a group of people who are talking about their next vacation and their next, um, I don't even know, like car or whatever. And I'm like, like shit that doesn't actually um, matter. Right. Like my kid pulled out a clump of hair today. (laughs) Like you, you can't be that person at the table with people who don't want that. Well, it's probably hard to get a babysitter nor do you trust anyone. Yeah, no, we could not. Um, so it just became isolating and there was a really, really small group of girls that I'm still very close with that, that were ride or dies. They mm-hmm. wanted to be there through all the bad. Yeah. And, uh, one of my best friends, Melinda, like she was really the only one that Andrew could be him, his full self. Right. And Melinda would leave my house crying and she would be like, he's trapped. He's trapped <sighs> in his head of the anxiety that pandas causes and the worry I, I can't even describe watching a six-year-old obsess about eating, mm. you know, um, when they're starving, but their brain has convinced them that food's going to kill them. So, I mean, what are, what are the other symptoms? He's angry. He's lashing out. He's stopped eating. Like, how do you get him? How do you get nutrients in his body? Like, what do you do? So it just basically became, the doctor was like, you can't fight 30 battles at the same time. Mm. So fight what you can. And food, he just needs to eat. Yeah. So we fed him noodles. Like whatever he would take. Whatever he would take, we would make him. Mm. Um, And he was like, your kid is skinny. Your husband's 6'3 and super fit. Like, you're fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, So we stopped worrying about the food and he drank a lot of water. So that helped. So we just put electrolytes and stuff like that in his right, water. Right. Um, but with sleep was a big one. So he we would give him 25 milligrams of melatonin. Is that I don't need I don't never taken it, so I don't know. Is that a lot? Adults I'm assuming take that's five. A lot. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. But like five was like nothing. Did he start sleeping? For an hour. What? So he would sleep for an hour and then his brain would wake him up and he would come in bed with us. Oh my god. And he would just talk all night, all the thoughts that were in his head, the math, the <sighs> pondering of the world, questions about his brother. He didn't want answers. He just wanted it out of his head. Oh my god. And then we'd start our day. And there so sleep was a big one. Um anxiety, uh the worry about everything, the OCD was overwhelming. Mm. Um not being able to, if I wanted to shower, but it wasn't that right minute, mm-hmm. I'd have to sit there till he would say like, okay, mommy, it's your turn now. Aww. And if I didn't, like he would be so upset that it wasn't even worth it. Right, right. I'm like, 
I'm not, well, it's, it's like arguing with someone who's insane. Exactly. You know, you're, you can't argue with crazy, right? No. Not to call your kid crazy, but that sort of. No, he was crazy. Right. Right. So, okay. Him aside, you've got three other people in your house, (laughs) right? So I can only imagine how that affected you, you know, your husband and then y'all together and then Brooks, right? Yeah. So we, it's interesting. Um, it tore our marriage apart really? for a while because we dealt with it very differently. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a grit person. Like I dig in and I want answers and I want to keep fighting. And my husband wanted it to go away. Mm-hmm. And he was already overwhelmed at work. And so he had no safe place to come home. Right. Right. And I needed a safe place to go to <laughs> and to vent. Stuck at home all day. Right. Yeah. But he couldn't handle that. And so we both were handling it in our own way. And I mean, by the time we were done with the IVIGs and everything, we were $50,000 in it and we did not have that. Right. (laughs) And so adding money as a stressor, it was awful. And it was like, we never had a moment where it was just calm. Mm -hmm. So that one hour Andrew would sleep, we would try but it's like you're so damn tired you can't do anything and then you have a baby who needs love and attention right. and so we had one preschool teacher oh gosh she was so amazing she was like bring him to school you need 3 hours of a break really? i can handle his ocd bring him to school and so i did and that was my 3 hours with brooks mm. and trying to feel normal and you know, it just, your world stops, your right, world right. stops. But it taught us a lot about who Matt and I are as people. Mm-hmm. We had to go to therapy for a while to mm-hmm. rebuild our marriage. Mm-hmm. Cause I was really angry at him feeling like he had left, you right. know, and lived Checked in this out. fantasy bubble of, right. he's going to be fine. He's going to outgrow this. Everything is fine. And I'm like, five days of no showering and like pulling my hair out and I'm going, hello. Right. Well, plus it's like, he doesn't understand, like you don't understand each other because it's a very different life. Like he's going off to work and you're like, that's nice. Must be nice. That's such an escape. And then he's like, well, I'm going to work to pay all the bills. And then I got to come home to this shit show. Right. So it's like, you guys are in the same exact place, but in a very different way. And if you don't understand how each other handles that, it's hard to Breathe. communicate and support each other. Yeah. And I can't, I mean, then you throw not sleeping in there. I mean, that's huge. You can't huge. physically rest. Like your body can't handle some of this stuff. No. You know, and we did like, it was total survival mode Yeah, and you don't realize you're in survival mode until yeah. you get out of it. Right. And, right. and then you look back and people are like, how did you survive that? And you're like, you don't have it. You I think when we go through stuff like this, like whatever it is, and it's always the worst thing that can possibly happen, which right. yours is the worst thing that, I mean, I can't even imagine, but people looking in from the outside, they always think I can never do that. And you're like, yes, you could. Cause you that's what humans are yep. made for. It's a fight or flight, mm-hmm. you know, and you just kind of do, it's like autopilot. Yep. You do it and then you get out of it and you're like, holy shit, how did I actually get through that? You know, but you learn so much about yourself. Right. And I think the one thing I learned is that 
I have anxiety. Mm. I have depression. Really? And I've had it my whole life. Really? And I ignored it just because I'm a very peppy and like mm. positive person, but I have to force the positivity a lot of times. But when I'm down, I'm down. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I had a lot of trauma as a kid and when you don't deal with it and suppress it all right. and just keep yes. my therapist always says I'm I'm the mover. I'm the girl that puts her head down and just moves mm-hmm. and doesn't stop cuz stopping hurts. Mm. And so I had to learn how to stop and be in in the mud. Mm-hmm. Um so I went on medication. Um so that was the start of like learning my battle with you know mental illness and and helping myself um which I'm still on medication now yeah and it's amazing yeah i mean <laughs> it's amazing um but so andrew now when we moved to florida so i yeah, so totally skipped you, ahead no Sorry. no no it's totally fine cuz now i have now, now i feel like we're going to have to go back and and tap into your trauma from earlier in your life, maybe at some point, maybe it's another podcast. We'll see. (laughs) But yeah. So you decided to move to Sarasota because you're just like, we got to get out of this town. We need a fresh start. And we kind of realized like when we would take, was it under control at this point? Kind of? Kind of. Okay. Yeah. Like we had found a doctor who did more tests on him and like realized that there were other parts of him that weren't functioning right outside of the pandas. Okay. Because we kept doing tests and he wasn't testing positive for strep. Got it. So then he got diagnosed with PANS, which is like the bigger umbrella of any type of illness your kid gets. Okay. It reacts in the brain. So is this, obviously it's not an autoimmune disease, correct? But like, is there an umbrella name for it? So the umbrella name is PANS. It's PANS. Okay. So it's its own like entity. Yes. Okay. And we literally were swimming upstream, Mm -hmm. found a doctor and she was like, let's try this higher antibiotic. Let's try this vitamin and see if this helps. And I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was, honestly, Megan, like that's the (laughs) hardest part. He just got better for a little bit and we went to the beach and it was just the four of us. Mm -hmm. And he was a different kid. Really? It's like he could breathe. Oh. He wasn't obsessing as much. He was just breathing. And Matt and I noticed it and we were like, well, can't just pick up and leave. Right. And then one day he came home and he's like, hey, there's a general sales manager job at some station in Sarasota, Florida. And I'm like, great. Where's that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, I heard Florida. Right. Right. And he's like near Tampa on the water. And I was like, awesome. Let's do this. And talk about like a total God moment. Yeah. Matt called and they were like, oh, they found their guy, you know, and the recruiter was like, but I'll turn in your resume and maybe they'll call you. So Jeff, Matt's boss, wound up calling him because the guy he was hiring was named Matt and he saw the resume and just immediately thought it was the other Matt. Oh, no. And then talked to my Matt and realized like, oh, God, this this guy's way better than the other Matt. Yeah, yeah. So we flew down that week. Um, Matt's parents came in town and watched the kids and we got away for a weekend and slept. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, we, uh, were staying at this resort and went yeah. out to dinner. And from the minute we flew in, we were like, we're home. Aww. And three months later we packed everything up and left. 
That is not knowing a single person. So that was 2012, you said? No, that was, we went to Charlotte in oh, 2012. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've moved a lot. Um, That was 2015. Okay. 2016. Okay. So you've been there for about five, five and a half years. Yep. And was he, when you told him he was going to move, what was his reaction? Because, he you know, that's out. taking him out of his norm. Mm-hmm. He flipped out. Mm. Um, He had two really, really good buddies, read and win. And he was super upset about leaving them, but also really excited. Really? There was a part of him, I think he knew it, we needed to leave. Yeah. Um, And then once we got down in Florida, we were just like, all right, this is a new start. And we just, we went to the beach every day. Yeah. We had this really cool pool that has a pirate ship in our neighborhood. And we- And you didn't know anybody. No. I had to start over and starting over as an adult is hard. Starting over as an adult with PTSD is really hard. Yeah. Um, But we got Andrew. Andrew loves baseball. (laughs) We got him into baseball and the, we met two families um, and Kat and Kelly have become my best friends, my lifelines, and they are amazing. And then we met one other girl, Daniela, and like, it's just us, you know, and it's been it's been the greatest blessing. Like our kids are all super close. Um, Andrew's soaring, just absolutely soaring in baseball. Um, but the principal at the school noticed his ticks and noticed like the OCD. And she was like, I, I know this isn't my place and I'm actually not even allowed to do this. Mm. She's like, but you need to call this doctor up in Tampa. And I was like, we're done with like this is right. just going to be Andrew. Right, right. Like, You've this, accepted it. It's, yep. Uh, things are working. Everything's okay. He's able to function. Sure, sure. So she was like, "Just trust me. Call him." And I was like, "Okay, call him." Of course, he's a holistic pediatrician, mm. and I was like, never one to think about the holistic yeah. route. I don't know why now, but so we did because it's still that sort of thing is still looked. Yeah, it's frowned upon. You know, and. It just didn't seem like a possibility. So we went and saw him and he took one look at Andrew and he was like, I don't know what's wrong with him, but I'm going, I'm going to help your kid. Mm. And it was the first doctor that we were like, I don't think he's lying. Like, mm. I think he really means it. Mm. So 38 vials of blood later, mm. <laughs> he found out Andrew was super vitamin D deficient. No one had ever tested his vitamin D Wow! to the point where his body wasn't even producing it anymore. You have to have vitamin D, yeah. right? So they put him on um, 25,000 IUs, Holy which is cow. insane. Um, and he's like, you're going to keep him here for a week. And then after a week, you're going to drop to 20. Then you're going to drop to 15. By the time you drop to 10,000, he's going to sleep. And we were like. <laughs> right, right. Five oh, years or six okay. years, no sleep. I don't <laughs> right. believe it, right? And. To the day he slept. Um, he slept nine wow. hours that night. And then we we found all of these crazy deficiencies. And then we found that his body had a really high level of yeast, which kind of made sense because he was on antibiotics right. for so long. Yeah. He was on Augmentin, 600 mm. milligrams every day for five years. Oh, my god! Like he can never take Augmentin again. It's yeah, never going to work. Yeah. So he was like, we have to clean his gut out. We have got, so we did 
a lot of medication. It's like candida overload. Overload. Um, And that calmed down a lot of his symptoms. So now today, he still has tics. Mm -hmm. They're very minor. Mm -hmm. And they only flare up when he's getting sick um, or if his anxiety is high. Um, And he has anxiety and a small amount of OCD. Hmm. But he's on ADHD meds and he's on anxiety meds. But everything else is all natural. Yeah. And unless I were to tell you this story, you would, you would never know. Wow. You would never know. How old is he now? He's 10. Oh, my gosh. And he's going to the Braves game tonight. He's going to the Braves game tonight. He's going to have a blast. Oh, my gosh. They've been up there all day. That's so exciting. So, yeah. So where where does – um. Like, is it just kind of like, okay, let's, we just kind of keep him this way for the rest of his life? Or do you still go back and see this doctor often? Or is it, are you like constantly testing his life? Because I'm thinking for me, I'd be like, okay, things are cool right now. I would want to test him every freaking week to make sure everything stayed that way. But yeah. how do you live like that? You know? You do. And you that, do. that is like the truest form of PTSD in that fear this of it world, back. you're waiting for that shoe yeah. to drop every morning. Like, yeah. what is he gonna? Am I am I waking up to Andrew? Right. Is he okay? Like, we had to relearn how to parent. Mm. Um, and I think some of the biggest lessons we've learned is you have this idea that when you become a parent, when you get married, there's this fantasy perfection world of well, I'm going to be the mom that does this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be at the park and my kid is going to play and have all this fun. And then you're like, wow, that's not my life. You know, and letting go of perfection is hard. Sure. Um, So we we had to relearn to find joy in other ways with him. Right. Um, And baseball has definitely been one. But yeah, we go back – we see Dr. Berger now once a quarter. The same doctor, the holistic same doctor. doctor. Yeah. Um, and now mostly it's on Zoom. Yeah. And if something's a little off, he's like, "Well, why don't we do another blood test? Mm-hmm. Like, let's do." And nine times out of ten, he he's finds right. something. Wow. And it's like, oh my gosh! But he's on so many preventative probiotics, and you know the things that keep his gut yeah. where they need to be. Yeah. That that hasn't been the last time we met with him. He was okay. So, yeah, I mean, would I love it if he didn't? It's hard. He's 10 now. Kids know that his tics are weird. And we've had to teach him to speak up and say, like, hey, this is just something my body does and I can't help it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. some kids are great with that answer. Mm -hmm. And some kids are assholes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, look at the parents. Right. You know? Exactly. So we've – it's it is definitely – he's the strongest kid I know. Hmm. and sweetest like nothing has all like he doesn't remember the anger the aggression he doesn't remember any of the death talk nothing you know right yeah um so i'm super grateful that his brain was able to shut down and do they test brooks at some point or i mean is this her do they know so brooks started developing symptoms when he was like Three and a half. Oh gosh. Same thing. But we caught it. And oh, we knew okay. exactly what it was. And we immediately he did not test positive for strep, but he tested positive for um mycoplasma. So something that was totally different. So they diagnosed him pans 
started him on antibiotics. Brooks is fine. He's fine. He's totally fine. Wow. So it's wow. been a journey I wasn't expecting, but I talk, I get to talk to a lot of moms who are drowning and, yeah. you know. What do you tell them? Drown. Yeah. Like. Like let it suck. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can try and fight it, sure. but your kids, chi- your child's going to heal when they heal. Right. And um, trying to change that isn't. Right. It's going to do nothing but destroy you. Yeah. Um, how, how would you. Okay. That's, that's about the child, but what about the mom mm-hmm. and the dad? Like, what do you tell them? Yeah. Like you can say like drown and like let that happen, but like, were there any things that, that anything that you did specifically that helped or that helped you cope? I mean, I guess the biggest thing would be realizing you have your own anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and dealing with that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that as he grows up, he, I, I think a lot of and I've said this before, and it's a kind of a sensitive thing, and I hope people never are offended by it. But I think if we don't, as adults, deal with some of the shit that we have, sure. kind of by osmosis, it gets passed on. A hundred percent. Or you never teach a kid how to deal with um, certain emotions, and that can turn into anxiety. Yeah. So no wonder we have this next generation fighting. It's because of a lot, a lot of us as adults, like we don't want to do the hard work. We don't yeah. want to look at what happened when we were eight or nine or 10. Yep. But it's always going to be there. Like you said, like it's always there. And until you're ready to face it and never placing blame on anyone or anything, exactly. but like, okay, this is, this is the hand I was given. Yep. I either ignore it for the rest of my life and it's going to come up or I look at it and deal with it head on. And it sounds like you have. So I found, I always tell the moms, like, you need a therapist Mm -hmm. because this is going to sound so dark, but you are going to have those moments where you want to throw your child out of a window Yeah, because it's that hard. I'm sure. And that's not how you planned your life. And holy crap, there's moms outside playing with their kids right now. And I can't even get mine to put clothes on because they feel weird. Right. You know, um, so those dark moments consume you yeah, and they make you feel like a really, really bad person. Yeah. And having a really good therapist tell you, no, that's actually normal. Sure. And being able to say your stuff out loud, I hid so much. I'm fine because I got used, nobody, I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of people don't want the truth. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ask you how you are to hear I'm fine. They don't ask to hear you say, well, actually I'm, I'm really bad. Right. <laughs> and right. so I learned to be fake mm. and I'm not good at faking it. Yeah. Um, so you have to find your people and, oh, hug them so tight and create your family. Yeah. Um, and so you have to have a group that understands your situation and is not sympathetic, but empathetic mm-hmm. and is willing to fight with you yeah. and is willing to love you through the hard. Um, but therapy and meditation. Mm. Meditation was hard for me. It took me a long time, a long time, but because um, I couldn't shut my right. brain up, of course. But once I finally was able to, like being outside, no matter where you live, right? There's there's freedom yeah. in the outdoors. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I say that all the time. I mean, my deepest darkest days that there were literally, you know. I'd sleep all night and then I'd lay in bed all day. And one thing, like I always like to ask people for tangible stuff. Like it's it's great that 
people have gone through it and have gotten out of it. But I'm like, I need specifics so that people can hear what works for you. Just like working out, losing weight, like this person can do this, yep. may not work for this person. So right. I always like to hear like what, even if it's something crazy or weird, you know? Um, and for me, it's like my number one thing is I want to get outside and walk. Yeah. You know, I, because it like, it flips my brain. It's, it changes my location. It changes the vibe, the energy, everything. Yes. There's something about being outside and like, at least I'm in the South and yes, we have cold days, but the sun is primarily right. here. Like growing up in upstate New York, it 1000% contributed to my depression because it's just so dark and so gray. I can't imagine. And it gets dark at like four. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And then the times change. It's like 3.30. But you don't know that growing up right? because that's all you know, yes. right? So now that you've taken Andrew to the beach... I mean, he's never going to be able, he's not going to be able to live anywhere else, right? No. And it's so, I mean, because we play baseball year round. Right. Right. There's nowhere else he can do And that's, that. and that's what, you know, to, again, being an advocate for your kid and be like, okay, where do they need to be and what do they need to do? Like that's, yes. has to be number one. Right. And you know? for Matt and I, it was, it's hard to do it when you're in that moment, sure. but you still have to put each other first. Sure, 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 sure. And we, there were so many times we were not on the same page and fighting because we were tired and right. irrational. Right, right. Um, But you have to remember at the end of the day, it's your, it's your partner, it's your yeah, person. Yeah. But there are, I mean, there should be a case study done on divorce from pandas. I bet. Um, or from any traumatic experience. Like oh my that, gosh. Right? Yes. COVID. <laughs> Point, I, uh, right? right? Like, so are you guys in a good place now? Like, have you learned, and, and you don't have to answer that, but are things better? No, you've learned are, how to cope. You've learned how to handle yes. each other. Oh my gosh. So we, I mean, we've been together so long right. now. Right. And we both got married with the premise of like, if we're going to do this, we're, we're in it. Right. Like we're going to fight yeah. and we're going to be in it. Um, it took going to therapy and you know, neither of us grew up in families that went to therapy. Sure. And so it was really uncomfortable for him. Yeah. But being able to put the wall down and say the bad things to me was awesome. Mm -hmm. Like him being able to tell me, you know, I'm super type A and controlling and whatever. And so is he. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't always bode well right. because neither one of us want to give. Sure. But sometimes I have to, yeah. you know, and I wasn't willing. So hearing that that was hurting him. Like I never want to hurt anyone. So, right, right. but I don't know to fix that if you're, if we're yelling at each other. Right. So having a third party say, whoa, yeah, you know, and come in and help us has been a game changer. Yeah. We talk to each other differently now. We make time for date nights. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I could not, I could not be happier that we fought through. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and that's, you, I mean, you know this cause you listen to all my podcasts, but that's like, the biggest thing for me, I think, is I have so much compassion because I I understand like somebody's going through something and I don't understand. But when you figure out, okay, they hear words differently. They deal yes. with situations differently. Like for instance, I use my mom as an example. She is a very anxious person and mm -hmm. I am not. So when I'm going through something 
it's hard for me to talk to her because I don't want to make her anxious. Yeah. But I understand like, okay, that's how she's going to react. So how can I word it differently? Or how can I talk to her differently? Mm. And because not everyone receives information how I would receive it or you right. would receive it. So when you start to understand that about other people, you know, it's not it's not fixing somebody else or fixing yourself. It's learning how they receive information and how to communicate with them to benefit both parties, whether that's a relationship, a friendship, a, yes. a, a work partnership, whatever. But we can't always assume that the other person is going to respond the way we would respond or receive the oh, way yeah. we would receive. Well, and it's interesting because I grew up in a very loud house mm -hmm. and, you know, my parents are Sicilian and Greek <laughs> and Jewish. So it was like a loud, loud house. And yeah. you express anger, um, happiness, sadness. Everything yeah. was loud. Yeah. Through, ang you know, everything was yelled. Yeah. Very vocal. And so I grew up yelling. Yeah. And Matt did not grow up like mm -hmm. that. You know, his, he had the idyllic childhood. Like he, he had such a beautiful childhood. Yeah. And nobody yells in their family. So that right there shut him down immediately. Sure. And then I was almost like a dog with a stake. Right. Like, well, if you're going to back go. down, I'm going to keep yeah. going. Right, right, right. Um, so it just wasn't yeah. helping. Yeah. And I've also learned, you know, I swore I'm not going to yell at my kids because mm -hmm. I hated it so much as a kid. And then you immediately yell at your kids because that's what you, that's know. What you know. Yeah. So that's been, that's been interesting, relearning how yeah. to deal with my need <laughs> to explode and realizing it's not a need. I can back off. It's a habit. Yep. And so now I just, I'll say to my kids, like, mommy needs a timeout. Yeah. And I'll walk away. I'll catch my breath and then I'll say it. And they're so much better because they would hunch down and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm raising what I hated right. about my life. Right. And the cycle continues. Yep. Yeah. So that's been, that's been probably the hardest wow. <laughs> learning, but it's okay. Like it's, it's good learning. I, I, I like sat here with chills halfway through. Um, cause there's a reason that everyone comes into each other's lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, I, you were a complete stranger up until about an hour and 20 minutes ago. I know. And I just, I have so much, um, I just look up to you so much because oh my gosh, thank you. I can't even, I can't even imagine going through, I don't have a child. Um, but when I was in, you know, that dark place, I can't imagine being responsible for another human being at the same yeah. time and that human being struggling. So it's basically like you had a double whammy. <laughs> I did. Like I, I, I am not close with my siblings at all. Um, and there was a lot of stuff that I went through physically and emotionally as a kid that you're not mm -hmm. supposed to go through. Right. And I didn't, I'm very close with my parents and I did not want Matt to think differently about them. Sure, sure. Um, and so I hid it from even him. Yeah. And so when it, all of this happened with Andrew, all of that angst that I already felt was just bubbling yeah. and it was, it was killing me. Mm. It was, I couldn't eat. I already wasn't sleeping. So it was like, I was melting away. Mm -hmm. And I met this woman who was speaking at our church, who was a trauma therapist. And I went up to her at the end bawling. And I was like, I need help. Mm. And she was like, what, you know, what are you going through? And I literally said, 
my son has pandas and she was like, I'll see you on Monday. Wow. So she knew what that meant. <laughs> she knew exactly what yeah. it meant. And so I, I met with her and she was really the one that was like, we have to talk about your childhood wow. and we have to deal. And there were so many repressed memories and yeah. things that I started dreaming about and coming up and, um, I couldn't tell what was real and what wasn't yeah. anymore. And yeah, so dealing with that at the same time, it was almost um, like I couldn't breathe mm. for a really long time. And I remember like when I finally spoke the words out loud, like that shouldn't have happened to me. Like mm. I should not have gone through any type of abuse. Mm -hmm. I should not have ever um, felt worthless, mm -hmm. you know, or stupid. Mm -hmm. Like that was the big thing with me when I was younger. I was dumb. Mm. And that's not, that doesn't help any kid, right? Yeah. Um, and being able to say I'm not those things, I've never told myself that, right. you know? Right. So it was almost like that was part of it with Matt and I too. Like he didn't know me. Mm. We've been together 15 years and I'd never told him. And it was like this new awakening of freedom from myself when I didn't realize I was my captor at that point, you know, like I was the one holding myself back and I wasn't going to be a good mom or a good wife or a good friend or good to myself. It was horrible to myself, you know, and being able to stop and say like, wait a minute, like it's not okay that those things happened. Yeah. It's a hard thing to say, you know, and it's a hard thing to relive and um, talk about but you have to. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, it's so hard when you let go of the facade yeah. that you're trying to put out there for everyone. Cause you're like, I don't want you to know that I had this happen or that happen sure. or, you know, my brother hated me so much. He used to beat me. Like, right. who do you tell that to right, that right, looks at right. you and goes, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, oh, what did I actually marry? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so being able to say it, like Matt was like, God, I understand you so much more. Bingo. That's exactly why, <clears throat> like literally the reason I created this platform. Yep. When you understand why someone is a certain way, it's like, oh, I get it. Yep. And I don't, I don't, it's not that I feel bad for you or any different. It's no. just like you understand. Yeah. You know, and it makes sense. And again, it's not your fault, but unfortunately it's not your responsibility. So yes. you either deal with it or you don't. Exactly. Wow. You were such an inspiration. I didn't know it was going to take this turn. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> well, they, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up because it's been over an hour and I, I just want to leave like any final thoughts or, you know, anything else you want to say to somebody who, who might have a kid going through any sort of situation or yeah. a mom that's dealing with her own stuff or whoever. My gosh, there's light. Yeah. There's a whole lot of darkness and, but there's light and fight for the light, push through and know that there is, there's something better yeah. and you may be drowning and you may be in a place that you feel like you can't get out of, but sometimes just stopping and being in that place is mm -hmm. the best thing you can do for yourself. 
And I've had to learn over the years that me not being perfect is the best thing about me. Yeah. So I say to any mom, first of all, I'm so sorry (laughs) if your kid has pans or pandas, but don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Because there are people in your corner that will help you. And keep searching. Like, don't, Always. don't take I don't know or no for an answer. No. And goodness, reach out to Dr. David Berger if you need help. <laughs> Dr. David Berger. I'll put his name in the notes too. Yes. And then are you open to people reaching out to you? Always. How can they find you? You can find me on Instagram. Okay. Um, it's StacyMall33, so M-O-L-33. Or Stacy um, with no E, correct? Yes, no E. Um, but yeah, I have moms reach out to me all the time and I'm always, my phone number is open. Okay. Well, you are incredible. You are inspirational. You are beautiful. <laughs> Ditto. And I, <laughs> I hope that I can't wait to, can you text me tomorrow and let me know how the game was tonight? Yes. Because it's pouring down rain right now. So I'm a little worried. Well, that's just this afternoon. So <sighs> hopefully it'll clear up by eight o'clock yes. and you guys will be good to go. Yes. And I just thank you for stopping by on your way through town. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. The biggest compliment I ever receive is when you like the episode, you share it with your friends and your family or a stranger that is in need of hearing this information and from these beautiful guests. And then also to give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I would also love to hear from you. So if you would like, you can DM me at six feet above podcast on Instagram, or send me an email six feet above podcast at gmail.com. So that's six, the number six feet above podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear your questions, your comments, your feedback, your suggestions, and also any guests that you would love to hear from in the future. Thanks for listening.